This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope this message meets you where you are and elevates you to where God is taking you. Enjoy the message. What's up, everybody? So good to be here with you today. Um, we've said it before when we're receiving communion, but happy Easter to everyone. Um, I hope uh, you enjoyed the worship and, and the communion time and, and all that. And Crystal Gale and I just send us, uh, send you our love. And um, we are, we are um, here um, just to minister the word here to you. And so if you want to get your Bibles out and get ready, uh, we're going to jump right into this. I'm going to open this up in prayer and I'm going to just preach a simple message entitled, Why Does the Resurrection Even Matter? Why does the resurrection even matter? It is Easter Sunday, or I like to call it Resurrection Sunday. It is the day that Jesus rose from the dead. We all know that, that are celebrating Easter. So the title of the message, once again, before I pray, is Why Does the Resurrection Even Matter? So let's pray. Uh, Father, I thank you for every family member, every person that calls Hopeland Church their church home. I pray for those families right now wherever they are and whatever they are doing and right now in the, in the place they are in their life, I pray for, the, for your provision, Lord, for your comfort, for your grace and the power of your spirit, Lord, just to fill their hearts and lives today. Lord, we're celebrating resurrection life. We're celebrating that our Savior is risen today. So we pray that we experience what you died for, and how you were raised from the dead. We, we pray we experience that today through your word and in our homes today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. All right, here we go. Um, so why does the resurrection even matter? I'm gonna jump right into this. Our faith, literally, the Christian faith, what a lot of people call it, hinges on the resurrection. Um, and you know, one of the main reasons the early church was persecuted beaten and put in prison and judged was because they were preaching that Jesus rose from the dead. That is um, emphatically and specifically in scripture that states they went through a lot of trouble in the early church and they still continued to preach it. Apostle Paul even said uh, that he was literally being judged. Um, he said um, as he was being judged, that he, uh, it was because he was preaching the resurrection. So Paul himself was apprehended by the Jewish people in the temple, beaten and judged because he was preaching the resurrection. So 1 Corinthians, my first scripture, 1 Corinthians, all right, chapter uh, 15, verse 21. For since by man came death, Everybody can say thank you, Adam and Eve, for that. Uh, but for, for since by man came death, by man, capital M, also came the resurrection of the dead. All right? Here's another scripture. I'm just going to read some scriptures here because I want to really explain why the resurrection matters to us as believers and as a church community. Acts chapter 4, verses 1 to 4. Now, as they spoke to the people, the priests the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus 
the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them, put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. So there it is that the religious community was disturbed by this, and they were preaching. Why does it matter? Why does the resurrection matter? And this is my first point is the resurrection is our message. It is the message that we preach. If you just go down a little bit more in Acts chapter four and verse 33, it says this. It says, and with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. And when we preach the resurrection, when we share that Jesus is alive, when we share that he is not in a tomb, that he is risen from the dead, that he's overcome death, hell, and the grave, when, when we share that, just as they did in the book of Acts, the Bible says great grace was upon them all. So I want to encourage you for the rest of this year to share that Jesus is alive. Why? Because when we share that Jesus is alive, the Bible says that great grace is upon us. If we want the grace of God on us as people, we need to share that Jesus is alive. You know, we need to share that he is a risen savior, that he is not dead. The Bible says that God is the God of the living, not the dead. And you know, um, you know the Bible says the dead don't praise God, but the living do. And so if he's alive, that is why we are alive. And I really believe that in um, our churches, in our personal life, I believe that Christians should be the most lively people wherever we go. We ought to be the ones with the most joy, the most peace. We ought to have um, some life flowing out of us. You know what I mean? I'm sure we've all met Christians, um, and I'm not saying they're not Christians, but sometimes they don't seem to um, represent the life of God the best at times. I know we all go through um, seasons and we have bad days, but even in our bad days, be encouraged you serve a God that overcame death on the grave. He got out of the grave. If he can get out of the grave, believe you me, he can get you out of your situation. Your situation pales in comparison to what Jesus overcame when he went into the center of the earth for three days and three nights and he overcame death, hell, and the grave. If he can, if he can be raised from the dead by the spirit of holiness, what is it that he can do in your life and raise you up out of, all right? So there it is again. The resurrection is our message. And it's a message. This is, the resurrection is a message. It is what we preach. It is when we open our mouth, it's what should be coming out of us. You know, not that, you know, like, oh, I, you know, I have to go to church. Oh, I have to read my Bible. And oh, I have to watch Hopeland at home on a Sunday at home. No, I get to. I have life. Jesus is alive. If Jesus is alive, we should be representing that life. And so um, in Matthew 28, verse 6, the angel said, he is not here. He is risen as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lamb. If, if you look at this, the angel was preaching the message of the resurrection. That angel was the first 
preacher, <laughs> the first one that shared the message, shared the story of the resurrection. It is our message. And if you go to Acts chapter two, I'm gonna share a lot of scriptures today. And, uh, but Acts chapter two, verse 22 to 24. Why does the resurrection matter? Because the resurrection is our message. It is our message, all right? Um, Peter preached. I, w I was teaching at, the, at um, TCMI the, the other day, not at TCMI, I was through Zoom, like 80 students, and, um, and they're all on Zoom. There's a lot of students there. Um, and so, uh, but I was um, sharing with them, you know, that, uh, that Christians ought to be the ones that um, have the most joy and life coming out of them. You know, we ought to be uh, the ones representing Jesus and representing that he's alive and we carry that message. So Acts chapter two, verse 22. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put him to death. All right, so let's just go back a little bit more on Acts chapter two, verse 22 to 24. And it says, him being delivered, this is Peter preaching, uh, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God. This was God's plan. The, the death, burial, and resurrection was in the mind of God well before it happened. The Bible says Jesus was crucified before the foundation of the world. This was all God's plan. The, the death, burial, and resurrection. The resurrection is our message, people. This is the message. This, our message isn't about being successful. It's not about being better. It's not about being a good person. It's not about being a church goer. It's about the fact that Jesus rose again from the dead. Our message is simple. Jesus is alive. That is the message. That's what the early church preached. Here is Peter, the big mouth. This is what I was saying to those students. Uh, um, is that, you know, God, here it is, Peter was a potty mouth. He, he was walking with Jesus, still carried a knife, cut off a Roman guard's ear. That's like cutting off a cop's ear, okay? Or worse, what they could do to somebody that did that, right? Um, all that, and, but here it is, here it is, and he denied Jesus three times, always getting into trouble, opening his mouth when he shouldn't, can anybody out there in your nice little home relate to Peter? Yes? Can you relate to Peter out there? Um, and so here he is, the big mouth, on the, gets filled with the Holy Spirit. He was, I mean, even the baptism of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit operating, the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, all that would have never happened if Jesus didn't get out of that grave. The Holy Spirit was sent because Jesus got out of that grave. He was sent, and he said, go away. So look at this. Um, here is Peter, the big mouth. God touches him, fills him with the Holy Spirit, and he is preaching the resurrection. Him, once again, being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, 
you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death. Here it is, the message. Whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Be encouraged that the God that you serve, death could not hold him. Hell could not hold him. Sin could not hold him. And he's going to bring you up and raise you up out of whatever, whatever you are in. Acts 2.31. Go down a little bit. Peter preached a powerful message here. Verse 31. Peter still preaching. He foreseeing this spoke concerning, concerning the resurrection of the Christ. Here it is. That his soul was not left in Hades. All right. Nor did his flesh see corruption. We serve a living God, a risen Savior. It is our message. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 14. I'm giving you a lot of scripture this morning. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, does anybody believe that Jesus died and rose again? Let me ask you again, does anybody out there believe that Jesus died and rose again? Even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. And I'm not talking about taking a nap. It's not talking about taking a nap, right? There's anybody out there like naps, okay? I took a nap earlier this week, all right? My wife was so gracious to give her husband a carve out a little time to take a little what I call a snoozer, okay? I got that from my dad. My dad used to call them snoozers. My dad took a nap pretty much every day of his life, his working life. He took a nap. But anyway, this is not talking about sleeping. It's talking about dying, that when we die, we're going to be ready. If Jesus got out, I'm getting out too. If Jesus got out of that grave, I am getting out of that grave. I'm going to be in heaven one day. This is the basis of our faith. We're getting up out of the grave. I, my body's going to stay in there, but guess what? Sean Ray Mandoli is coming up out of there, and I'm going to be in heaven one day. Is anybody with me on this? This is the Christian faith. I'm going to die, and I'm going to be raised again just like Jesus. I'm just following the example of my Savior. Death cannot hold me because Christ is in me, and Christ already got up out of there, and I'm not staying up in there. So here we go. Romans chapter 4, verse 23 and 25. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us. It's talking about Abraham receiving the righteousness of God by faith. It shall be imputed to us or given to us or transferred to us. Righteousness is imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. We are the righteousness of God in Christ because we believe that God got him up out of the grave. It is the basis of our faith, the resurrection. Who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. Here is my second point. Without the resurrection, our sin has the last laugh. But with the resurrection, we are justified because of our faith in his work and we are declared righteous. He was raised, this is so powerful, at the last part of this verse, he was raised because of our justification, meaning that when the price had been met, death could no longer hold him. Jesus paid a price, and at the point, at the precise point that God looked and said, it, it is done, the price has been paid, he was raised once we were justified. He was raised at the point of the price being paid 
for our forgiveness and justification. When the price, I'm going to say it a different way, when the price of our justification was met, death, hell, and the grave had to let the man go. Capital M. Had to let him go. Here it is. I'm just going to read a couple more of my notes here. I just want to really give you something today and to encourage you that your faith rests on this right here. Without the first Easter Sunday, sin would have the last laugh and we would be stuck in sin forever. All right? We could never, I'm going to say it a different way, we could never restore our relationship with God on our own. Can anybody relate to that? I come from sin. I, I tell people all the time, I grew up in a, in, a, in a dark environment. I came up in sin. We all were shaped in iniquity. We all sinned. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We could not restore our relationship with God on our own because the cost of our own sin is simply too high for us to pay. Somebody died for us and he became sin for us that we might become the righteous of God in Christ. All right, so Romans 3, verse 20. Romans chapter 3, verse 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Once again, therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. The resurrection matters because it is the entire basis of our faith. He is a risen Savior. And I want you to be encouraged today. I want you to think about all the things God has brought you out of. So, you know, we can't, you know, even communion. It's just to do this in remembrance of me. And so we need to remember. Sometimes we just need to sit and think. Think about the darkness you were in before Jesus. Think about the state of your emotions, your mind. Think about the environment you were in, maybe the things you were actually doing. We all have different, unique stories, but you have one. Your story is the story of the resurrection that God has resurrected you, has given you life, has brought you out of sin, forgiven you of your sin. And so I want you to really, today, think about it. I mean, when you think about it, you're going to thank God for it. I'm going to say it one more time. When you think about what he's done for you, and it's because he came out and you are empowered to come out. All right, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 16 to 19, okay? So as you're turning there, I just want to go through. Why does the resurrection even matter? Uh, the resurrection is our message, all right? That is the message. There is no other message. Uh, without the resurrection, sin has the last laugh. All right? So 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 16 to 19. Here it is again. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. I love how, how specific and how much in the word of God it speaks of the resurrection. Because in this day and age, and especially I, could, I would venture to get, say in the Western world, even in our churches, we can tend to, to steer off into something that's more about just making a better life in the here and now. Nothing wrong with that. 
but it's not the message. I think sometimes too, we can get off and even in the church world and church circles where it's more about being a better person. Christ will make you better, but being better is not the, not, it's not the message. Um, even in this world, in this Western world at times, things can be so about the organization we're building and, 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 and the influence we're creating. And as we said um, last week, the brand we're creating, even in the church world, as opposed to the real message, which is Jesus died, buried, and rose again, and you can have life in him. Uh, time and time again, look at it, it says, and if Christ has not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. If we're preaching any other thing that's void of this, we're, 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 we're preaching a message that's keeping people in their sin. If we don't preach Jesus, if we don't preach that he's alive, if we don't preach that there is no other name under heaven by which men must be saved, we are keeping people in their sin. I think without trying at times, pastors preach a message to come to church, come to church, come to church, come to church, and it's possible to come to church and be in our sin. I was like that at one point. But here it is, church. I thank God in this season. I think he's just um, kind of helping us strip away the excess, strip away the stuff that is non-essential. And even in the message is simple. The message is clear. Jesus is alive and he saves and he will give you eternal life. And if Christ, once again, is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ or died naturally having faith in Christ. Fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiful. Pitiable, that's what it says. I'm gonna read it again. Look at this. This is the word of God. This, this is the Easter message. Then also those who have fallen asleep, if, if Christ has not risen and we die and our faith only rests in what we're believing for in the here and now, it ceases to be true, authentic faith in Christ. There is that, that we have faith in the here and now and God is with us now and wants to bless us now. I'm not taking away from that, but I feel at times in the church world, we have overemphasized the here and now when this thing is about eternity. Amen, somebody. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only, if in this life only, if in, if in my existence on the earth only, we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. Here it is. Here's my third point. Without Easter's victory, we're lying about God. All right? Without um, Easter's victory, we're lying about God. You know, um, um, even Jesus, if, if our faith isn't in that, and if he didn't raise from the dead, then Jesus is a liar more than anybody because he kept telling them, look, you're gonna destroy this temple, but in three days I'll raise it up again. He told them, he told uh, them, I am the resurrection and the life, okay? And so, so without Easter's victory, we're, we're, we're lying about God, okay? But because he rose again, 
the resurrection is the truth of the gospel. Christianity is a lie without Jesus' resurrection. And Christianity is simply a man-made religion if the resurrection of Jesus isn't the focal point of our message. Romans 6 verse 5. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. I'm going to read that again. Romans chapter 6 verse 5. For if we've been united together in the likeness of his death. Talking about baptism, but also our life as believers. If we've been, if, for if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly, 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 certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. And um, when I read this scripture, actually the, the Holy Spirit literally just gave this scripture to me. And I just want to encourage you in your Christian life that and my own story, in my walk with God, I've experienced the resurrection power and life of God most when there was an area of my life I gave to him and died to. And there is an exchange in, 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 in walking with God that there's always, a, the Apostle Paul said, I die daily. Jesus said, if anybody wishes to come after me, he must first deny himself, die, take up his cross and follow me. And so in our walk with God, to truly act for the life of God to be actualized, to be experienced in different elements of our life and our walk with God, it's gonna require us to die to something. In, when I was teaching the students at TCMI um, this week, I was telling them, you all feel called to ministry. I, and I was, I was really encouraging them. And I was saying, look, guys, if you feel called to ministry, that is a pathway of death. You're going to have to die, right? If a grain of wheat does not fall to the ground and die first, it will, it bears, it stays alone. It's alone. But if it dies, if it dies, it produces much fruit. I also share with them that in the natural world, we uh, live first, then we die. But in the spiritual world, we die first and then we live. And so, and so there are things in all of our lives that we can lay down and surrender and die to. And we will experience resurrection power in life in our ministries, in our life, in, in, in our families. When there is that thing that we're holding on to that God's saying, no, you need to bury that. You need to lay that thing to rest. So let me encourage you here. This is my last point. Our eternity is hopeless without the resurrection. Our eternity is hopeless without the resurrection. God's plan to put creation back together hinged on the resurrection. Christ defeated death so we could too. Because Jesus rose again on the third day, God will make us new again. It's the hope of the gospel and it's the heart of the Christian message. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 49 to 53. I'm gonna close with this. And just as we have, have borne the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, today that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable in inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised, imperishable, and we will be changed for the perishable, Perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. The, re the resurrection is the basis of our faith. 
And so with that said, uh, my prayer is that the word ministered to you guys today. And I just wanted to pray for everybody uh, in our church family and those of you that are out there. And I also wanted to lead those that don't know Jesus. And you know it's time for you to accept him as your Lord and Savior and believe that God raised him from the dead. And so, but first I just wanted to pray for those of you joining in with respect to this message today. And so um, um, thank you for the privilege to be able to minister this word and to pray for you. And so I'm gonna pray. Father, I just thank you, Lord, uh, for everybody joining in here. I pray in the name of Jesus that the resurrection life of Jesus would be a reality, not just a historical thing that happened, but a reality of our daily lives. I thank you, Lord, that just as we have been in the likeness of your death, we shall also be in the likeness of your resurrection. So Lord, because you are alive because you sent us the Holy Spirit, Lord, I just speak life. I thank you, Lord, that the, the that we've been delivered from the from the law of sin and death, and Father, we've been justified and been given the very eternal life of God. So I pray and speak life over every marriage and over every family. I pray that the rest of this year we would encounter the life of God and the, and the presence of the Holy Spirit. I pray that over every home today. Bless them, God, and may they, may they understand and know and walk in the, the revelation of a riven, risen Savior. And In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And right now I just wanna lead people in a prayer to receive Jesus. So if you're out there, and you are in sin, or, and you know it's time to come to Jesus to accept him, or you know it's time to come back to him, I, I urge you, I, I beg you to pray this prayer with me. And it's a simple prayer, but just say, Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I believe that God raised you from the dead, and I confess you as my Lord and Savior, Jesus, I give you my life. I die to my ways and I die to the life I planned and I place it in your hands and I receive your life. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray, amen. Praise God. Thank you for praying that prayer if you did. Uh, we love you, church. Uh, can't wait to gather together again. I hope you enjoyed the message, and my prayer is that it inspired and challenged you. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings, and to stay connected, just follow us on social media. Remember, there's always hope and your future in God is great.